Hey guys, and welcome back to the You Know The Drill podcast, the podcast hosted by me, Ferris, and my mate, Robbie. We're two dental students trying to learn more about the expansive world of dentistry and learn from successful people in the field. So if you're ready to level up your dental career and learn how you can become a best dentist today, make sure you listen in to our fantastic guests. If you want to keep up to date with us and follow us on all our social media platforms, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and anywhere that produces podcasts. Thank you. Perfect. So today we've got a fantastic guest joining us. Anna is a dedicated and passionate multi-award-winning dental hygienist and therapist. She founded her brand, London Hygienist, with the mission to change the way oral healthcare is delivered to patients. Since qualifying, Anna has attracted an ever-growing and loyal customer base from the public, press, and celebrities alike. This, along with her superior and unrivaled dental service in the heart of London means Anna is regarded as one of the most popular and sought after hygienists in London and a rising star within the industry. Anna is a key opinion leader and ambassador for several large dental brands slash organizations and she regularly lectures and writes for both industry and consumer press. She'll be telling us all about how she became a successful dental hygienist and therapist, her learnings when establishing her own business in the field and her tips to dental therapists looking to level up their practice. So without further ado, welcome onto the podcast, Anna. Uh, thank you so much for having me on and what a wonderful introduction as well. Hattie, and of course, we're really excited to have Anna on. Um, amazing, amazing work that she's been doing. And we're really interested to hear about dental hygiene, dental therapy, and what things that we can learn from the amazing field. I think it's a really interesting thing how, you know, the team, the dental team is growing. Um, we're always learning new things from our counterparts. And as a whole, we need to be more understanding of, you know, the different struggles that we may have and the experiences that we have uh, within the team. So the first question I have for you, Anna, is a nice, easy start. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey into the dental world? Uh, okay, so first of all, I actually qualified in sound engineering and music tech, <laughs> which I had a short-lived career in before deciding to uh, re-study and retrain. Uh, at that time, I was sort of the age most people are, or most of you will be when you leave uni. I was 26, actually a little bit earlier, probably, yeah, 24, 25, as I decided to embark on a new career path. And someone said to me one day, they said, why don't you become a dental nurse? Because ideally, I needed a job that I could study and still get paid. So I wasn't really in a position where I could just give everything up and, and go to uni. Um, so I got an, a, a job as an apprentice dental nurse. And at that time, I actually didn't know what a hygienist was, let alone a therapist. And it was uh, the hygienist who I spent my early days with, uh, learning how to do cross-infection, suction, a little bit of charting, and actually just working with her and watching her. She became my inspiration to want to go on to become a hygienist. I thought, you know what? I want to see my own patients. You know, this, this woman, you know, was a massive inspiration to me. And then everything I did from that moment forward was to help strengthen my application and my chances of getting into uni. So I actually didn't have the grades. I didn't have A-levels to get into uni. So my music qualifications were uh, like a B-Tech and a City and Girls. So already trying to get into uni to study as a hygienist was uh, going to be tricky, but I did everything I possibly could to help, you know, write a shining personal statement and, and really get as many skills under my belt before I, I took that leap and it paid off and I got offered a few places, obviously accepted one. And I guess the rest is history, as they say. Wow. 
Amazing. I think it's really great to hear the story. And yeah, music tech, that's a that's an interesting one to go to. I've not heard of anyone else that studied it. I think my friend, he he was really interested in music technology and kind of like he'd make beats when I was uh, at, at school. And I was always thinking like, this is this will be such a fun career, but it's hard to get into, um, like to actually like really get big, big success. But yeah, it's cool. It's really, <laughs> that's a pretty good backstory. I'm, I'll be honest with you. We haven't heard I mean, to be like honest that. with you, I, I sort of left school without any, you know, I, fin- yeah. I left school early. I didn't finish my A-levels. Uh, I was working a job in a bar in a restaurant and my mum sort of pleaded with me and was like, please, can you do something like, you know, college yeah. course? And actually music was something that had been a, a part of my life, my whole life. I've always played, you know, the piano, the violin. I was in the orchestra, the choir. Um, so it was a sort of like an easy, okay, let's just do that. And then worked for an arts company afterwards really quickly realized that this isn't that wasn't the career path that sort of for me um and I'm really glad that obviously I did fall into the path I'm on now because it's never felt more right yeah it's really interesting as well how you've kind of talked about you know it was kind of like a it was a bit of a bumpy road the way you describe it it wasn't like okay yes I wanted to be a dental hygienist off the very start or dental therapist it came through a lot of different experiences so kind of just I kind of want to go down this route because it is really interesting was there a point at what point did you really know okay you know what I want to do this career because I said you kind of had a bit more leniency in the beginning where you're like I'm not too sure what what made you really decide so it's funny you should say that because also I didn't qualify as a therapist until a couple of years ago. So obviously I started as a hygienist and then did therapy during lockdown. So I, you know, didn't even envisage going into that. Uh, what happened was I thought the dental nursing was just a really sort of easy way in for me to one, explore a new career path. Two, I like a challenge. Um, three, it it suited my personal needs at that time as I said I needed something that was going to pay as well as let me study and then when I obviously met the hygienist that I worked with I I think for me I saw going into hygiene as the easy and I'm saying easy very loosely and quickest next step for me because to go and then become a dentist Again, not that it matters, mm. but age, you know, age is just a number. But obviously at this point, I'm, I'm heading up to you know, 25, 26. I'd have to get my A-levels. So that's going to set me back another year or two. Then I'm obviously going to have to do my years that you guys are going through now. And actually, I just thought there's quite a lot of elements and aspects of dentistry that didn't interest me. You know, I worked with dentists. I was a float nurse. But working with the hygienist and just sort of seeing that sort of workflow, the relationship and rapport that she had with her patients, I said, actually, I think that's, you know, that really will suit suit me and my personality. Um, and then, again, after qualifying and the sort of growth and expansion of my own business, that's when I realized I'm giving work away to dentists when I'm seeing patients under direct access. So that's what then prompted me to say, hey, why don't we go back and do the therapy top up now? Because there's actually... Um, a place for you to use that. Mm. Oh. No, that is uh, that's pretty awesome. And you kind of mentioned here that you kind of set up your own business, and you you uh, from from what I'm kind of seeing, like your kind of route has been, you know, like a bit of trial and error. Like, okay, cool, I saw this, I like this, let's build, build, build. So, can you tell us a little bit more about your business, how you set that up? So it's funny because. Obviously, I never envisaged becoming a hygienist and I never envisaged starting a business. Um, my dream was to qualify and work on Harley Street four days a week and get paid X amount per hour. And that was as high as I'd set my bar. 
and I did it and I did very well there, but I hated it. I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't for me. Um, when I went to uni, it was 2013. And for those who, who aren't familiar, that was the year that direct access came into place and allowed hygienists and therapists to start working within their full scope of practice without the prescription of a dentist. That sort of got me thinking. I thought, hold on a second, this is going to be something. Um, and that's, you know, really going to sort of change the way um, patients access dental care. So I did a little bit of market research and I simply Googled London hygienist and nothing came up. So I bought the .com, bought the .co.uk, swiped up all the social media handles. And I just sort of sat on it. Whether that be like some kind of happy chance or some crystal ball in my mind that I could foresee, uh, you know, what was going to happen. But I saw a gap in the market, essentially. I just didn't know how to infiltrate it. And then as one thing led to another and sort of my demise through working with other people, you know, worked with some, you know, in some not very nice practices, I had some, you know, run-ins with other clinicians. Um, and, you know, pretty much six months after qualifying, I, I felt like throwing the towel in. I felt lonely. I felt isolated. I had burnout. I didn't have a mentor. I, I, I was just not ready for the world that I had been thrown into. Um, now, I don't want anyone listening to obviously be fearful and scared. I think the game has massively changed in the way that we are supported as young clinicians. And obviously, that's why I'm so passionate about imparting as much information and knowledge to those, you know, coming up the ranks as I had to once. So I think eventually what happened was the real push to go with the business was born out of frustration and to a certain point, desperation. Um I got fired from a job for doing nothing wrong. The, the person I worked with was just wild, uh, told me not to come into work one day, uh, didn't give me a reason. And that was my, my only job, my only source of income. And I just sort of had a, a bit of a breakdown. It was my 30th birthday. And I, I thought, uh, what am I going to do? And I was going away on holiday to New York for my birthday and for the week before I just locumed every day. I called up all the agencies. I was like, please, I'm like, I'm desperate here. They were really kind. They threw work my way. And then all of a sudden I realized, what am I doing trying to be the star on someone else's show? Isn't it about time that I was the star of my own show? So slowly but surely I put one foot in front of the other and I really started, you know, using my social media platforms to propel London Hygienist as a brand. Um, I started turning up to every single dental event going, every dental showcase. I had Vistaprint business cards that I was handing out left, right and center. And I was positioning myself because I realized no one else was going to do that. And I was hungry for it. It was relentless. Well, that is such a, you know, you've, it sounds like you've had a lot of setbacks, but it's your mentality and your perseverance that's kind of kept you going and got you to where you are now. And I think for everyone listening, that's a really valuable lesson. Um, you know, just hearing your story is really inspiring, I think. And I think it kind of leads on to the next question, which is, you know, there's a few dental hygienists and therapists out there that are, you know, also on Instagram trying to build their brand and whatnot. Um, but there's a bit of a disproportion, should we say, to the number of, you know, dentists that are influencers on Instagram and, you know, sh um, showcasing their work and building their brand, et cetera. So how, how do you think more hygienists and therapists can kind of get into Instagram, building their field, building their brand, um, and kind of just, you know, just reaching the same kind of 
level that you know we've got dentists doing with their influencing on on social media so i think it's really interesting you say that because obviously you probably see more dentists or maybe are more aware or follow more dentists whereas i obviously spend a lot more time with hygienists and therapists and um other hygienists and therapists connect with myself because they're you know it, it's uh that cascade down of of people who know people who know people who know people. Um, I'm going to save one of my points for a little bit later when we have a chat about something that we sort of we touched on uh, before we started. So move social media to one side for a second and let's go back to finding what your actual purpose and motivation is. Social media forms such a, a small part of um of of a business it doesn't matter what like sort of business it is um or a brand it's just a platform for essentially for marketing and showcasing right so actually what's more important is finding out what it is that you're trying to use social media for do you want followers just because you want followers do you want to use social media because you need patience are you using social media because you're an educator and you want to share your message are you using social media because you're an artist and I think that's what's really important it's not about looking around and seeing what other mm. people are doing it's about what are you doing and holding yourself like accountable because whatever yeah. you're putting out there is essentially you know the, a reflection of you your business your brand so that's how people are going to see you and perceive you now there's you know people will think oh but my work isn't as good as so-and-so's or I'm not up to that many followers this that and the other I'm not getting these deals but each person needs to really sit down and think about what is your purpose? What is your motivation? What are you, what is the, the sort of end goal? And I really encourage anyone who is looking to, you know, eventually grow a business or a brand or just find their own um, path with what they're doing is to listen to the Simon Sinek TED Talk about the golden circle. Because yeah. you, need to know, <laughs> you, you need to know that and be able to stand up in front of a room full of people and and sell that like sell that why sell that purpose you know and for a long time that's something i hadn't actually really managed to um condense into something that was articulate and made sense and now i've done that i could stand in an elevator and do my 30 second elevator pitch because i know my golden circle yeah do you yeah. see what I mean? So forget the social mm. media side of stuff. It means nothing unless you're showing up with purpose for each and every single piece of thing you put out there. Mm. No, I, uh, first things first, absolutely agree. Second thing, anything from Simon Sinek is gold. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> like if you're going to learn one thing today, listen to Simon yeah. Sinek, amazing man. Um, very interesting brain, let's just say that. I just want to say on the and, social media thing as well. Yeah. I don't actually have that large of a following, if you think about it. Mm. So my Instagram is about 15,000 followers, and it's pretty much stayed like that for the last year or two, I'd say. Um, mm. And that's another thing to think about. There are some people out there with some, you know, much bigger followings, but it's, there's, got, there's something to be said for those that have that micro following. Like, I don't, I, you know, I'm not on there to, to facilitate follower growth uh you mm. win some you lose some right now i'm at a point where social media did what i needed it to do which was fill my diary so therefore now my sort of uh, media i guess str strategy 
is a little bit different. It's less about call to action for treatment. And it's more about just maintaining my presence and my brand and my, my connection and my community yeah. that I've grown. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, no, I think I think you mentioned some really, really good things there, and I kind of want to dissect it and break it down because I think this is really valuable for the listeners. So the main question that we kind of started with was, you know, how do you leverage social media in short? And what you kind of discussed with us is it's not necessarily how do you leverage social media, but breaking it down to like simple steps. What is your actual goal? What is the thing that you want to achieve? And what steps do you need to take to get there? And social media is one of the rungs of the ladder rather than it being like, you know, the be all end all and you have to do it to get there. Now, what I find really interesting is a lot of people struggle with clarity. And I think that's what something that you mentioned here is this kind of idea of golden circle of can you actually summarize really quickly to, like, I can think of like, can you tell, like if a stranger asks you, oh, what do you do? What do you want to do? Can you really quickly say, this is what I, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. And this is why. If you can do that, it gives you a very good starting point to be like, okay, cool. What is social media going to solve on that journey that I have? Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's super important to make that clear because a lot of people get put in this mindset of this person is successful on social media because of the social media. When it's not actually, then there are a million different reasons why they popped off. There's a million different reasons why they're successful. And you need to break that down into, okay, what was their strategy? What was the purpose of this? Are they just trying to, as you mentioned, like, is it just brand awareness? building a brand, getting people to know who is the London hygienist? Or is it more call to action? Like, you know, okay, cool. Here's a treatment, book it today, 50% off if you do it through Instagram. Um, and you can only really work out the utility of an action when you align it with your own values. So just wanted to break that down because I think it's, I absolutely agree. Um, people focus too much on what do I need to do now to be successful? And it's like, no, think about what do I, where do I want to get to? And then what's the first step I can take to get there? And if that's social media, great. And if that means sitting down and literally writing out, okay, I want to open a practice on Harley Street one day. What's the first thing? Well, I actually need to understand, like, does anyone know who I am? Have I got a, what's the skill level of people that are working on Harley Street? Um, how can I get there? So yeah, I just, yeah, I just really enjoyed that. I thought that was I think, very, very insightful. I think one of the other really important things is, so let's, again, park social media. We've already worked out that you need yeah. to know your, your purpose. So you need to sort out the golden circle mm -hmm. first. Now we need to remember that actually social media is merely a marketing platform in you know whichever yeah. format you want to take that. So actually, I'll give everyone another tip. All you need to do with marketing is know your three M's, which is your market, your message, and then your medium. The social media element <laughs> falls under medium. So actually, mm -hmm. what's more important is working out your market and your message. And then, you know, do you need yeah. to be putting that out on social media or do you, you know... Yeah do you market and 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 spread yourself out in other ways yeah, yeah i think absolutely. you've broken that down really nicely um and like faris said it was really insightful to hear your kind of take on social media and branding etc um so yeah so kind of moving back towards your journey to becoming you know successful and be where you're at now um what was the best piece of advice that you received throughout your journey Joe, I was thinking about this. It's so hard because, mm. you know, sometimes it gets to a point where sometimes your journey almost feels as if it's been a bit of a blur and mm. so yeah. much has happened and I've learned so much along the way. So then I try and think it's it's all, almost a, all of a sudden become less of the advice that I was given and more what's the advice I'm giving to people, or, yeah. you know. Um, I think rather than sort of advice, I guess, high insight, was possibly staying in things too long. 
um, you know, for example, jobs or in, in working environments when I really should have got myself out of there a lot sooner. And I think uh, sadly still, and I hear about it all the time, there is still, you know, that toxic work, workplace yeah. life that some people are, mm. are going through. And I think particularly for mm. the listeners of this podcast, your young professionals about to enter a new world, uh, having mentorship, help, support, that these are all such important things. And if you're not getting them. <laughs> You either need to speak up to ensure that you do get them or get out and get into a place where you're going to be nurtured and you're going to be, you know, growing and thriving along the way. Because I don't want anyone to ever think six months after qualifying, I don't want to do this anymore. And you guys have spent a lot more time in uni and a lot more money than I did. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I think, you know, one thing I'll say, Anna, that I think a lot of people suffer with is is seeking permission, which is, Mm. can I actually say, I'm going to leave this job. I'm going to take this opportunity because it's like a, it's, it's like a risk tolerance thing. It's, you know, I know I want to do this. I know this is my goal. I know this is what I'd love to do. You know, I, I followed everything we've said today, but then it's like, can I do that now? Or should I wait? And the thing that you kind of mentioned, which was really interesting was your realization came out of a, a bad situation, which is where you, you lost your, your job and you were going to locum. You're trying to work out what to do. And then from there you had like a bit of a, you know, Eureka and like, wait a minute, why am I chasing things? People should be, you know, coming to me. Like there's obviously a demand here. Why is no one streamlining the process? So kind of just building on that, how, how do people go about taking action and, you know, having a bit of support behind what, what, what was your mentality when it was like, okay, cool, I'm going to go for this. I think uh, one of the things that was really helpful in my journey was having mentors and, uh, those people were a mixture of sort of professional and non-professional. And when I say that, I mean dental and non, non-dental. And having people in your sort of network or circle from other backgrounds of different ages really helped give me insight and stay on track. And I guess in some instances, even sort of swallow my own pride and uh, have, a little, have a little word with my ego and, you know, check, check in with myself. Um, nothing bad, nothing major, but you know, you think I'm going to be honest, you think it, well, when I was 28, sort of 30, I thought I knew it all. I'd know nothing. I still know. (laughs) I know a little bit more than I did yesterday, but I've still got a lot to learn. So I heavily lean on the support network that I have and I'm never ashamed or embarrassed to ask. And I think that's why going to things like the, the dental events and the courses that I do go to, it's really allowed me to connect with people who have you know been supporting me on my journey and are continuing to support and when they can't help me they push me into the direction in the arms of someone who can help me and it's no different I feel like I'm paying it forward now when I have hygienists and therapists come and shadow me when I do a little bit of you know mentoring for them I run my own course now because I want to help other people so I think that's something anyone who may feel that they don't have that it's worth kind of Start talking to the people around you. You'd be surprised how much they want to help you and support you and what insight they can actually offer. Mm. Yeah, I think um, you touched on the course there and uh, I do want to question you more about that and find out more about that. But just before that, with regards to, you've spoken about mentorship, you've spoken about support networks, etc. you know, all these uh, important aspects along your journey. Um, how much you know, would you put it down, you know, your journey also to being down to your own like grit and perseverance and, and what, 
what did you use to kind of help you build up your resilience and and you know to be able to pave your way through your career that's a really good point because without that sort of that grit and drive who else is gonna who else is gonna do it for you I think my own personal uh, you know circumstances bear in mind I you know I have no dependence I I can do what I want when I want I'm pretty uh low low involvement in terms of like commitments you know financially and whatnot um uh, so therefore I guess maybe I am in a position where I can take a few more gambles take a few more risks um however I think I just get a little bit bored and frustrated at times when I'm doing the same thing over and over again and then I get to a point where I start to feel this uncomfortableness and I feel me personally it's the universe saying right come on it's time to level up and I get to the point where I get so annoyed and cross and frustrated that it actually propels me into doing something about it and I'm not saying you know I'm not unhappy in my workplaces I just don't feel fulfilled but it's not about getting more followers, getting more likes, making more money. It's genuinely for me about making a change or, or having a growth spot in one way or another. And um, I had an idea, I've, you know, I've got an idea for something and the only thing that's sort of ho- holding me back is my own limiting belief factors. Um, and on top of that, just the, there's no, no one holding me accountable because it's myself and my idea and, and all of this. Actually, I, I reached out to someone and I said, um, I'd like to be mentored, but it's not so much that I need mentoring. I just need someone to hold me accountable and start setting me deadlines like I'm a child again and I'm at school and this is my homework. And as I, and I know as I get into it, I'll start to learn more and that will, and having someone who has the experience to guide me down that path, that's all I'm asking for. And I think, if you know if you know you're not going to be driven to do that yourself, get someone to help you to buddy up with someone you know get that accountability it does really help prepel you I, I worked with a trainer last year like a fitness trainer, and the fact that I had to check in every week and I was held accountable it really did make me level up <laughs> and I got results yeah no absolutely and and I think I think you mentioned some fantastic points here, which is there's so many people out there, especially, you know, I think people in the dental field that are really young, really driven, want to do a lot. And like, yeah, I'm just going to do it myself. And it's actually okay to be like, actually, if you're being realistic, you've been on this planet, what, for 20, 20 something years, you don't know anything. Learn from people around you. And even myself and Robbie, like we're both dental students, go to the same uni, we've had completely different experiences. And through that, even like something like this podcast, like we have different views, we have different ways of thinking, different ways to progress um so you're absolutely right and i'm sure this is something that comes up a lot and we've realized this with a lot of our guests is mentorship is so essential because it's just evidence that you've kind of put your ego in check and said you know what actually i don't know about this let instead of me trying to you know re you know write the rule book again let me learn from someone and then adapt it and um a lot of listeners probably be like where do i find mentors and i think anna you've just proven it i think it's just inquisitiveness like get out there like think okay what is the problem who's the person that's solving that problem let's speak to them. You know, if you speak to a hundred people that are solving that problem, I'm sure at least one of them will try and, you know, be interested in mentoring you because you've shown the trait of inquisitiveness, creativity, and drive. So that will give them a reason to speak to you because most people aren't going to do that. They're just going to say, oh, I don't know how to set up a business. I'm not sure how I'm actually going to be able to, you know, scale my brand to like seven figures or whatever your goal is. And they'll just stop there. 
learn from people, get out there and talk. So yeah, no, and fantastic points here. I think what's also important is just to remember that you, you're not asking someone to be your mentor and check in with you all day, every day for the rest yeah. of your life. You know, some people you're going to sp- speak to more than others. Uh, some you, you may find that you work on, on something with for a long time and, and others you don't. Uh, they, they sort of come and go. And as I said, it's just uh, being inquisitive and asking those those questions. And I'm pretty sure I'm correct in saying it, most high-functioning, successful people in business actually do have mentors because yeah, someone is going to have to rein you in from time to time and, and yeah. you're going to hit walls. And... But it's no different to talking to a counsellor or a therapist as well. And I'm just going to put it out there that if that's something you think you need to do as well, do it. You know, learn learn about yourself. For a long time, I wanted to know, for example, why I feel the way I feel about certain things or how has this impacted me or shaped me? You know, do do the work. Do the work. Only you can do it. If you're religious, spend more time with your faith. If you're, you know, spiritual, spend more time, you know, in that space. All these things will really help to sort of grow and expand and help you step away from the constant sort of messaging and imagery that we're bombarded with by social media. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's um, so important to keep yourself in check and learn about what things have shaped you and how you can improve them. Um, because it's kind of like making yourself like a custom plan to success. It's like, look, how can I actually build myself? I don't know what anything about myself. Um, and kind of building on this whole idea, you know, we're talking about how you can thrive in your own skin and be comfortable. Um, we'd love to learn a bit, little bit about the course that you mentioned, your Thrive course, and, you know, how you set it up and what some of the challenges have been along the way. So Thrive was one of my challenges that I set myself for last year. Again, it was a personal goal, and I booked the venue and the date before I'd even written the course because I said, if I don't if I do not do it that way, this is never getting done. Yeah. Um, so I... <laughs> basically sold <laughs> sold something that I wasn't even created. But the reason why I nice. created Thrive is because people come to me all the time and they want to know how I, how I did it. They're like, how did you do it? How did you do it? And there's a lot of clinical courses out there. There's not a lot of non-clinical courses that are focused, particularly, obviously, for hygienists and therapists, but really a sort of crash course in all the steps I took in building my business and my brand. So a sort of quick overview, it starts with purpose and motivation, how to find that, because again, it's for anyone at any point in their career, whether you're new or, you know, looking for a new lease of life. Without your purpose and motivation, you can't do the next steps. And we look at branding and I just delivered the simple pillars of of branding, again, through my own personal research. I'm basically condensing down 10 years of of what I've I've done in in a one day course. So I give you the pillars, it gives and I, I show you how I applied that to my business. So we look at things like a color wheel and how colors can evoke emotion. So when you think about branding, you want to think about tone, font, color, etc. Then once you've got your branding and your story, you know, written down and you've nailed your golden circle, we move on to marketing. How do you nail a marketing plan? How do you nail your PR plan? And then we look at social media and the different sort of elements and platforms. And just a sort of quick way in which you can start to get the ball rolling. So we don't look at anything, you know, fancy like insights or trending audio, you know, it's like, let's just understand the basics first. Um, and then we look at workflow. Workflow is really important. And when I say workflow, that that means in clinic and out of clinic, because if your life is a shit show, 
behind the scenes, that's all you're going to be performing with when you walk through the doors as well. So tips and tricks to really sort of re reframe and re realign and restream uh, what you're doing. And just, yeah, a little bit more confidence in clinical workflow, uh, direct access, and just, again, all those things to help hygienists and therapists feel empowered and also, you know, get the, you know, the respect and be valued. And eventually, I hope that this is something now that I'm starting to get a little bit of feedback that I'm able to open up to the wider profession because it's not fair to just keep it for hygienists and therapists, you know. <laughs> Why, you know, let's let the students have a go. Let's have, let the dentist, um, dentists have a go as well. So I had to start somewhere though. And this was my, my starting point to give back to, to the hygienists and therapists. Very nice. I think on that, well, first of all, the course itself seems like there's a lot of attention to detail. You know, you're really focusing on all the little kind of details that will help to, you know, coalesce together and come into, you know, fruition. So I think that's really good. And I also think that really last point that you mentioned about giving back um, is so important. You know, you touched on mentorship earlier, um, and obviously they're giving back, they're giving their experience to help you achieve your, um, you know, your, your full potential. Um, and you want to do the same with, with Thrive. So I think it leads on to our penultimate question, which is what do you want your legacy to be? I want people to, I want London Hygienist to be, you know, a household brand name. Uh, let's get let's go big you know I want to really change the game like I said I started the business to change the way all healthcare is delivered and improve access so let that be let that be what I continue to work towards um and I, I will do it I will do something different I will fill a space that you know wasn't wasn't filled before and I, I look forward to seeing you know those above me come along for the ride and those you know below me who are just starting out on their journey and watching and seeing what they achieve in their career and things I think it's a really really mm. exciting time to be in dentistry let's push aside the fact that you know everyone's saying oh it's in dismay and blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> sometimes you gotta like set fire to everything and rebuild and I feel that we are probably going through that stage now which means there is a massive opportunity for professionals for healthcare tech, for innovation, for AI, for developments to all come like up and at a massive, uh, you know, at a massive rate. I'm actually really excited for it. And I, and I think yeah. play this back in a couple of years because mark my words, it's the game's going to change. No, I, I totally agree. And even if, even if I didn't think that before this podcast, I definitely believe it now. <laughs> so no, honestly, what I want to do, actually, and even before we ask our final question, I want to dig deeper a little bit into what you mentioned. So you kind of talked about, you know, learning a bit more about yourself. And even when you're discussing your legacy right now, it's clear that you still have that real, you know, high achiever status. You want to ensure that you get to the very top. What What do you think, you know, you said that you've tried to learn about yourself. What do you think has led you to have that kind of mentality? Is it something that you've just built over time? Is it something that just you've had naturally? Or what kind of cultivated you, uh, cultivated those factors to allow you to have this mindset? I think happiness was always something that I just want, you know, I just wanted. And who doesn't want to be happy? You know, I've worked, this isn't my only job or industry that I've worked in. You know, I've worked in like bars, clubs. I worked for my parents, you know. My dad always said to me, if you find a job you love, you'll never work again. So 
you're the one that holds the keys. You're the one that holds the power. I'm a problem solution based person. If I don't like something, I'm not going to just throw the towel in. I'll look to try and find solutions. Let's look how we can improve things. Um, also, we are human beings, you know, we, all of us and, you know, yourselves as well. We've gone from being children to teenagers to, you know, young adolescents and now young adults. These years are really, really forming. I feel the, the girl I was when I left uni at 28 to the woman I am now at 35, it's like, geez, I look back and think, God, what was I doing? What was I thinking then? Um, and you, you know, we, you know, we joke about like sort of memes and things we say, and you've all seen them and they're like, am I the drama? Am I the villain? So sometimes you got to check like when things aren't going quite right, are you the problem or, you know, is it the environment? You know, have, take a step back, have a look at these things. and. Um, I say, you know, you say I, I, I want to aim high and, and be a, a great achiever and things, but equally I'm quite content with where I'm at right now and just I've learned to, you know, take the foot off the brake, enjoy life. You know, for me, having a personal life, a private life, a social life are all equally important as well. Um, I don't want to wake up one day and, and think I've missed out on, on you know, living and, and spending time with my friends or or family. So... I think you you have to have that vision of something high that you you know that kind of keeps you getting up in the morning. But equally, if I don't get it, did I have fun along the way? Yeah, of course I will. Brilliant! No, fantastic way to sum it all up, and again, and a really really interesting insight. I think I think we've learned a lot about the mentality today, which is um, which I feel like you touched on on your course as well with Thrive, which is. Stop worrying so much about, you know, outcome, outcome, outcome only. Understand, you know, the true basis, the backbone, and build that into your, you know, your success matrix and your long-term goals. And um, we always have, like, an ending tradition on the podcast, so we always like to ask our guests um, or tell our guests an unpopular opinion on success in the dental field from our last guest. So our unpopular opinion today that we'd love you to give your thoughts on are is... Um, Grinding is the way to work yourself to the top, meaning just work harder and more hours and eventually you'll reach success. I disagree. Oh, <laughs> yes, this is what we like. Yes. Okay, tell us. <laughs> well, what are you going to do And you're grinding and grinding and you're grinding in all the wrong areas? You're spending all your time, energy and money. You, you can do your 70 hours a week, but if you're doing it in the wrong, in the wrong way and in the wrong fields... It's worthless, absolutely worthless. And actually, this just goes to back up what I was saying. Yes, you want to function high, you want to graft, you want to work hard, you want to hustle. But equally, you need to know when to take a step back and actually work smarter and not harder. Um, I get what they're saying, but I think it sends out a really, um, a potentially dangerous message for those who will either get taken advantage of with that mentality or not recognize that they're flogging a dead horse. You know, and I, I for example, you know, in the past, I, I've put money into ventures or projects or working with people that I thought would help elevate the next stages and actually it didn't work out. So if you're quick to realize and quick to adapt, then of course, but equally... You can do a bit of coasting as well. And I'm, you know, a prime example of someone who can work hard, but also like coast a fair amount as well and still do very well. Again, it all comes down to what is it you're trying to achieve? 
if you're trying to, you know, become an Olympic athlete, then yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, you're going to need to be in the gym every day. You're going to be need, you're going to have to be running track and on the court is completely different. Right. So again, it's subjective in, in what the goal is. You want to make a million, then yeah, you probably need to work 70 hours a week. Do you see what I mean? You want to be the best at anterior composite? You better be doing that all day, every day, and nothing else. So it really depends. What is it that you're trying to achieve? What is it that you want? And, th and those goals and promises can change all the time. Last year, I just wanted to go on holiday all year. So I did it. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I, I think um, and a big element of it is not just working very hard for a very long time. I think it's about recognizing uh, which areas you can improve in, which areas to focus in and kind of, you know, challenge, channeling your energy properly as opposed to just dumping all of your energy, you know, for a prolonged amount of time and hoping for the best. So I think that's a very fair point you've made. You've got to have those aims and objectives in place. I mean, come on, we're, we're all students forever, right? So that's it. Fail to plan is planning to fail. Yes. I got my Very cliche. wise saying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, but thank you. It's been a thoroughly enjoyable episode um, where we really appreciate your time and we're sure our listeners have learned, you know, a lot. And that's that's not an understatement. It's, it's, it's a lot. Um, so, yeah, we're really grateful. Um, and make sure, listeners, that you follow uh, Anna via the handle at London Hygienist, and you can check out her website too. Um, and of course, as always, thank you guys for tuning into the You Know the Drill podcast. We're on a mission to learn from successful figures in dentistry and inspire dentists and students to be more confident and driven. Yes, and make sure you don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show on all your listening platforms and check us out on social media over on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram at You Know the Drill Podcast. Thank you for listening. Peace out.